Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is about Toxic Home, Conscious Home, a Mindful Approach to Wellness at Home. I'm so very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Dr. Robert Brown. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Robert Brown has been a practicing radiologist for the past 25 years. Throughout his career, he has witnessed firsthand the adverse effects of toxins on human health. He gained a broadened perspective on well-being while volunteering his medical expertise in Tanzania, teaching medical imaging to local doctors in the early 2000s. He received his MD from the University of Miami and completed his residency training in diagnostic radiology at the Western Pennsylvania Hospital. Dr. Brown completed a musculoskeletal radiology fellowship at University of California, San Diego, during which time he authored several research papers, subsequently published in peer-reviewed publications. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you for having me. Dr. Brown, what inspired you to write this book? Well, as you mentioned, I've been practicing uh, radiology for, for 25 plus years, and I've noticed that people are getting more and more uh, chronic diseases at younger ages. And uh, through my own personal exploration into the fields of wellness, I truly believe that a lot of these are preventable with little uh, little changes in, in lifestyle mod- and modifications in, in the way that we keep our homes in particular. And then how did you specifically get involved in alternative medicine? Uh, it's interesting. When I first finished my, my uh, residency training, I was preparing to go to uh, Africa. That was when I, when I spent my time in Tanzania. And during that time, I was going to uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is actually not a climb. It's more of a long hike. And during the training, I injured my knee uh, I'm on uh, Mount Rainier in Washington, and I was talking with my cousin, who was, had spent a lot of time in England, and she recommended that I try some alternative treatments, and I was anything but open-minded at that point in time. And I dismissed her suggestions and went back to uh, the hospital that I had a job at, and I spoke to an orthopedic surgeon who gave me anti-inflammatories, which took away the pain. But after I stopped the six-week uh, six course of antibiotics, I'm sorry, of anti-inflammatories, the pain returned, and he thought that I might need a partial meniscectomy, which was the surgery of choice for that uh, injury. He thought I had a torn meniscus. So one of the people that I worked with, another radiologist, his wife was a distributor for a company called Niken, and they sell these little magnetic discs. 
And he asked if I was open-minded, and he said, do you want to try uh, perhaps something alternative to see if it would you know, help your knee? And I was pretty desperate because my trip was uh, supposed to be, uh, I think it was four weeks from that period of time that I had to get ready for this trip. And every time I pushed my foot down on the clutch, I, I drove a standard car, every time I pushed my foot down on the clutch, I felt the twinge in my knee. So it was it was a significant discomfort, and I I was really thinking I was going to have to cancel this trek in uh, on Kilimanjaro. So I said to him, "Yeah, I'll try anything." So his wife came in and taped these magnets to my knee, and when I drove home that afternoon, I didn't feel the twinge, and I thought, "Oh, it's either a placebo effect or it's just kind of a freak, you know, coincidence." But uh, that was the beginning of my healing, and within a couple of weeks, my pain was completely gone. And I, uh, I climbed Kilimanjaro with the magnets, and I wore them uh, for several uh, months afterwards. And I never suffered any sequela of uh, of any injury, no no arthritis, no chronic pain, and that that was the beginning of my adventure into alternative health. Wow, that's a great story. Your your new book called Toxic Home Conscious Home a mindful a mindful approach to wellness at home. Um, can you tell us about what are some hidden toxins in the home? So the book uh, the book dissects the home into three different categories. The first being the essentials, you know, food, air, and water, and those, in my opinion, are the most important because those are the things that we actually ingest into our body. Um, the uh, the second uh, set of chapters is on the conveniences that we've created for ourselves, so packaging materials and cleaning products, personal care products, and the the final chapters are on energy and spirit. So, in the in the first few chapters, typical uh, contaminants that we all have in our homes are, you know, for example, air pollution. Uh, we can have particulates in our air, uh, and we have volatile organic compounds that are emitted from all kinds of uh, building materials and adhesives and paints and lacquers. And particularly during the winter months when we're enclosed in these tight boxes with little infiltration, the indoor air pollution can be worse than the outdoor air pollution. And so that's an example of one type of toxin that people might not be aware of. Uh, In our drinking water, a lot of people have turned to plastic water bottles, not realizing that, number one, Though the water in those plastic water bottles are usually coming from either somebody's groundwater or a municipal water supply in some other town. But not only that, the water in those bottles is being uh, uh, infiltrated by the plastic that the bottle is made of. Uh, because water is a universal solvent, the chemicals in the plastic slowly diffuse into the water. And so, especially if the water is, is in direct sunlight or has been warmed, the uh, the extent of of diffusion of these chemicals is greater, and so when you drink the water, you're not only having water, but you're getting you're getting a, a mouthful of chemicals as well. Doctor Brown, one of the questions that I commonly get from patients is, um, what is the best source of water to get in our homes? Is it a reverse osmosis filter? Is it a UV filter? Is it distilled water? Can you weigh in on that? Yes. So, first of all, a UV filter is good for sanitation. If you have 
if you don't have total dissolved solids in your water supply. So it's not really about taking chemicals out of the water as much as it is about about sterilizing the water from pathogenic bacteria and, and potentially viruses, depending on where you are. So uh, that's not a water fil- that's not a water uh, purity method. It's a sanitation method. Uh, reverse osmosis, I mean, I've tried the reverse osmosis filters. Uh, my problem with them is they, they remove all of the all of the micronutrients that we need from water. So uh, my, my personal preference is a high-quality gravity drip countertop uh, method. So Berkey, there are a lot of vendors out there that make them. Uh, they, they cost uh, several hundred dollars, uh, going up to you know, many hundreds of dollars. But if you pour your tap water into these filters, it takes out a lot of the organic and inorganic contaminants in your water, and it gives you what I think is the healthiest water supply. And some of these manufacturers, they also uh, they, they increase the alkalinity of the water very slightly, which is better for your health, and they also leave in a lot of the micronutrients. So for me, the best, the best uh, method for giving yourself clean water at home is to have a high-quality gravity drip system. And then when you use that water during the day, um, if, you, if you go to work or to the gym or to school, you fill a glass or stainless steel water bottle with your water and, and you can bring it with you wherever you're going, but not a plastic bottle. And then ideally you, of course, drink that water, but you also cook with that water. Correct. That's right. And then um, can you comment about how, how can we make our air uh, more clean in our homes, despite all of this, um, you know, the building materials making our homes real airtight now? Exactly. So as I mentioned, uh, we have two types of air pollution we need to be concerned about. Uh, the first is um, these microparticulates, and depending on where you live and what the contamination is, you can have particulates called PM2.5 uh, particles, which are so tiny they get delivered all the way to the terminal alveoli in your lung, and, and they are very different to uh, very difficult to get rid of. And so, if you're if you have a lot of soot and microparticles in your air, you really need a high quality uh, water fil- uh, air filtration system. Uh, for your HVAC, you may need you may even need a HEPA filter uh, if you have a severe problem. Uh, they also have portable air systems that you can put in each room or perhaps in your bedroom with a HEPA filter if you have severe allergies. Um, the other thing th- to be concerned about, as you mentioned, are these volatile organic compounds from uh, from building materials, etc. They've done research and they found that a lot of house plants, in fact, all plants, actually absorbed volatile organic compounds and they they uh, they use them for food. And so they can they can trap these gases and turn and use them, and and in doing so, uh, clean the air. So it's a very simple way to uh, to remedy the problem. Just put a house plant in each room. And uh, take care of it, and they'll provide you with not only oxygen, but they'll help clean the air of the VOCs. So, going back to the microparticulates, is there a way to measure that in our homes? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, not not with any sort of home testing kit. I think you'd have to have the air professionally tested. 
But if you have, you, you know, if you don't have asthma or chronic lung problems, I don't think you have a problem. To, you know, there's nothing to worry about, I would say. In most, it's more of a, for people that have chronic allergies or asthma, you know, the, breathing-related disorders, uh, then they could have their air tested. So at a minimum, we want to make sure we have a plant in every room. Yes, I think that makes a big difference. Okay, so then let's move on and talk about um, part two in your book where you talk about conveniences and you talk about processed foods and food prep and food packaging. Uh, Tell us about that. Yes, you know, there's uh, there are so many things on the market that are that are dangerous for us and are causing all kinds of chronic diseases that uh, people are not aware about. Um, you know, for example, the the packaging materials. You know, a lot of people use plastic wraps on their food. They use aluminum foil on their food, and they don't realize that, especially acidic foods like tomato sauce. If you wrap a leftover over tomato sauce recipe with aluminum foil, that uh, the acidity in the tomato sauce will actually dissolve aluminum particles, in, in, which will end up in the food. So when you reheat that food, you are not only ingesting your tomato sauce, but you have a little a dose of, of aluminum with it. And as we know, aluminum is, is associated with Alzheimer's disease. Um, the plastic wraps also, they, there are chemicals in the plastic wraps which are endocrine-disrupting uh, chemicals, and uh, they can leach into the food as well, especially fatty foods. So what I recommend in the book is that people uh, perf- um, use uh, an unbleached parchment paper as a physical barrier between the food and whatever wrapping they're using for their food. And that way, it'll diminish or maybe even completely eliminate any of the leaching effects from the wrap. Uh, Also, a lot of plastic containers, the same thing. They have these chemicals that can uh, disrupt our our endocrine system. Uh, And there are a lot of estrogen-mimicking compounds in plastics. And uh, if you store food in in these containers, the food can actually absorb some of these chemicals, which can then harm you over the long term. So I strongly recommend people use glass containers. You know what is always fun is that challenge of going to the grocery store and seeing how much you can buy that does not come in plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now they've got these these new packages that they've replaced the air and they've put a nitrogen gas to keep things lasting even longer. And so, yeah, all the produce now is wrapped in plastic. It's alarming. You know, my, my husband does a lot of our grocery shopping now. And so um, when we run out of ketchup, I'll say, okay, now I want you to buy the ketchup in the glass bottle. I don't want you to bring, come I don't want you to come home with any other ketchup. I want the glass bottle. And then he says, does anybody make that anymore? I'm like, yes, it's on the bottom shelf. You know, it's there. It costs just as yeah. much as the big tub of, you know, the big plastic tub, but but it's glass, you know, or your mayonnaise. Try and find that in a glass bottle or your salad dressing or your peanut butter. Like, it can be really difficult, and you really have to get, um, you really have to sometimes shop at a couple of stores before you find something that comes in glass. It's true. It's true. It seems to be getting worse all the time. I guess it. the plastic weighs less. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why that is. that's the trend, but that is absolutely what's happened. Everything is is packaged now in plastic. 
And then can you talk a little bit about how we clean our homes on the inside? Because I know, you know, and I know, and our listeners, we all know that these cleaning products are all very harmful and toxic for us and that there are there are simpler solutions out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 10 years ago, uh, around 10 years ago, they discovered the microbiome, right? I think it was about that, that uh, length of time ago. And But before then, they thought, oh, you know, we need to sterilize everything. You know, it'd be ideal if we could live in a an environment that was as sterile as a hospital uh, hospital operating suite. Uh, but we now know that that's not true at all. In fact, people that live in those types of environments are less healthy. They have more allergies and, and more sensitivities than people who live in a farm, for example. So <clears throat> with the new understanding of the microbiome and the importance of maintaining a healthy population of bacteria and fungi, not only in your gut, but on your skin and in your airway, uh, it's important not to kill off that microbiome with your cleaning products. And, you know, you you deposit pieces of your microbiome in your environment. You pick up things. So, so it's best to, uh, to, keep, to, to, look, to look at your home as an extension of yourself. And my recommendation is to use cleaning products that are edible. So, and a lot of cleaning products are based on acid-based chemistry. So... If you want to clean your countertop of water stains or uh, rust deposits or food debris, you can use a good microfiber cloth and some vinegar and water solution. You can use some lemon juice and water, and everything comes off without a problem. Uh, You can use, uh, if you have fatty uh, or uh, oily deposits on your countertop and 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 uh, you need to uh, use some type of base or alkaline material, you can put on some baking soda, and that'll take it off. So there are some very simple things you can do to clean your home without buying these industrial-strength chemicals that are designed to sterilize. And okay, okay. so where you've got us drinking healthier water, and we've got our air in our homes um, healthier with plants and whatnot, and we're working on buying better quality food and trying to find things that are not in glass and whatnot and using cleaning products that we could eat. And so then what about what we slather on our bodies? Uh, yeah, good question. The, uh, the personal care products industry is, is uh, it's very poorly re- regulated. Uh, labeling is... Uh, filled with marketing ploys and deception, it's very hard to navigate the personal care products industry. So again, uh, the idea of using things in your body that are perhaps edible uh, is is definitely uh, a way to go. If you want to make your own products, um, you know you can use uh, coconut oil instead of a moisturizer. You can make your own body scrubs with coarse salt and uh, an oil of your choice or a, sh- or sugar, uh, a sugar scrub. Um, you can make your own uh, a shampoo with baking soda with a, and use some apple cider vinegar, dilute as a rinse to normalize the pH. There are a lot of th- ways you can make your own personal care products. If you don't have the time or the interest, 
and you want to go to the store, um, there are a couple of things you can think about. One is the Environmental Working Group, and there's some other organizations out there that have put together these uh, uh, these lists of recommended products. They give they give the different products ratings. They've done exhaustive testing on the products in the marketplace. And so those are good references. Uh, I think one's called the Good Guide, and, and of course the EWG site is, is excellent. But if you look at a product and it doesn't require shaking, then you know there's an emulsifier in it. If there's no expiration date, then you know that there are preservatives in it. If it's got color to it that's seemingly unnatural, then you know there are artificial dyes in it. And artificial dyes and fragrances uh, are can, they're da- much more damaging than people realize. Uh, and again, the fragrance, if there's an artificial fragrance in the material, then um, even if it's not listed on the ingredients, then you, it's there. Um, so, I, again, the, the, the regulations for uh, putting in ingredients is not well regulated at all in the, in the personal care products industry. So you really have to be careful. And in general, as you said, slathering on parts of our, our body, when you put uh, these products on larger surfaces uh, of your body, such as a skin moisturizer or if you're soaking in a bathtub with, with bath salts or some type of bubble bath, if it's your kid and he's in the tub with, or she in the tub with, with a bubble bath, you know that you're exposing large portions of your body for a prolonged period of time, and so the toxins in those products are going to be potentially much more damaging to you systemically than putting on nail polish or eyeliner or some type of mascara. So the smaller parts of your body, uh, you know, are are less uh, less uh, of a concern than the larger parts of your, you know, the, the products that go in a larger part of your body. One exception is lipstick, and a lot of lipsticks contain lead, and they say that it's not a problem as long as the lipstick is used in the proper method, but I'm not quite sure what that really means. So if you put lipstick on and it has lead, and you kiss somebody on the lips, or you lick your lips, or you eat food, and the lipstick gets on your food, and then you eat it, you're actually ingesting lead. So uh, Again, I'm not quite sure what to recommend when it comes to lipsticks, but I think that the EWG and some other, with some research, I think you can find out which which vendors perhaps make lipsticks without uh, without lead. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, the Environmental Working Group, which is www.ewg.org, they have a great database called their Skin Deep database where you can put in any uh, personal care product. I mean, I just did this yesterday. I have the serum that I put on my face and I I stuck it into the database and I'm wondering, okay, how safe is it? Because it says it's all natural, but really is it? And mm-hmm. it came up rated as a one, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's an easy um, thing to use. They're excellent. Okay. So um, let's talk about part three of your book. Um, so this is about energy and spirit, and you talk about sounds and electromagnetic fields and light and feng shui, and and that really intrigued me. So can you t- talk about um, each of those? Yeah, so, you know, the book was really designed to, to give people a perspective, a holistic perspective on their environment. So many people really believe that if they can't see it or touch it, uh, it's not real, and of course we know that's not true. 
uh, because we can hear sound even though we can't see it. Um, and and again, with light, there's nothing really there except it's a, a source of illumination. And yet these things have an effect on our body. And uh, and so I wanted I wanted to include them in the book and also EMF, electromagnetic frequencies that are emitted from you know wireless devices. Uh, all these sources of energy can be measured with different types of meters, and they all have effects on the body. So. Uh, sound, you know, sound and music in particular is is very interesting, um, and you know, our bodies resonate to different frequencies. You know, we have our own frequencies. Uh, each part of our body uh, has a different length, a different thickness, and it has a different uh, frequency at which it will resonate. And so, when you listen to music, or if you play a singing bowl, or you have a chime, or some type of uh, acoustic instrument that's producing a sound. There are different parts in your body that will absorb that energy and will, will resonate. Uh, it's a uh, it's a way of of uh, of uh, it's a way of taking in uh, a harmonious source of energy. So it's good for you. Uh, music and rhythms cause a process uh, of entrainment. So uh, just as if you start to slow your breath, your heart rate will slow. That's that's from a process called entrainment, and the same thing happens with music. So if you put on a slow song, your body processes will slow down. If you put on a fast, upbeat song, your body processes will speed up. And we can use this phenomena to increase our energy or decrease our energy. So if you're about to go to bed, you don't want to put on a fast beat song. Uh, the final thing that I talk about in the sound chapter is on words and the consciousness imparted in lyrics so the artist that creates a song not only are they providing us with a, a, a method of entrainment and a series of tones that are causing a sequential tweaking of our um, of our bodies through harmonic resonance we then have the consciousness imparted in the lyrics that then become part of our reality. And depending on your focus or the repetition of, of listening to certain lyrics, I believe, and I've witnessed this, that you can actually experience the same phenomenon that the author of the song had intended, or what they're, you know, what they've, what they've written about, what they're singing about, you can actually create that in, into your own life uh, through the process of manifestation. Uh, I know that kind of goes out there, but that's kind of what I what I've experienced. Uh, so that's the sound chapter. The light chapter is very interesting. Um, you know, we've created we've created a world of artificial light, and we don't really uh, realize how it's affected our health and our well being. But if you go camping, and you are your source of artificial light at night is perhaps a flashlight or a fire. When it gets dark, life changes. You know, your your body changes, you get ready for sleep, and you sleep much better without any sources of ambient light in your in your tent, for example. Well, in, in a bedroom, you know, a lot of us have these little diodes and these little indicator lights, uh, perhaps on electronics. We have our... our, uh, our uh, clock radios or other displays that are emitting these teeny little lights 
maybe you don't have blackout liners on your window and there's some light coming in from a street light outside or uh, or some other source. Some people fall asleep with a TV on. And so when you're trying to sleep, there's a, the pineal gland, of course, needs darkness to produce melatonin. And so even though your eyelids are closed and you're, you're trying to sleep and perhaps you are asleep, the pineal gland doesn't think that it's nighttime because the light that's hitting your eyelid is transmitting to your retina and there's a direct pathway from your retina to your pineal gland that tells the gland there's still light outside, so don't produce melatonin. So because we have this ambient light in our bedrooms, uh, the, the, um, the secretion of melatonin in many people at the, in the wintertime is insufficient. And people, I think that's why people are getting so sick with the flu and all these viruses in the wintertime. We don't have the vitamin D in the northern latitudes because there's sun, the sun is low in the sky. And so we rely on melatonin. And if you don't secrete enough melatonin, your immune system is, is, uh, is, is, uh, greatly suffers. Now, the other thing that can affect your melatonin is electromagnetic frequency. So the next chapter is on EMF. And we know that EMF causes heat, which can have its own uh, sequela in the body. Uh, but it also is interpreted by the pineal gland as, as another source of electromagnetic frequency, like light, and will suppress the uh, secretion of melatonin. So if you have a Wi-Fi router in your bedroom or in a room next to your bedroom, or you sleep with your cell phone on the nightstand next to your bed and it's not in airplane mode, you are getting pinged with electromagnetic frequency while you're trying to sleep, and that is telling your brain it's not nighttime and you're not secreting melatonin. So those are both some very important uh, considerations to uh, for your sleep. Um, the other thing about EMF is uh, it, it produces heat. Anybody who's held up a cell phone to your your ear while you're talking on the cell phone knows that your your face gets heated up, you know, when you talk on a cell phone. Uh, but people don't realize that the brain is also being heated up. And there are thermographic images on the internet where you can see that parts of the brain that are close to the ear have increased in temperature after a few minutes of using a cell phone. And in children, the effect is even greater because their skulls are thinner. And so what is the effect of heating the brain you know, localized heating of the brain, I don't know, uh, but I would say it's not good. Uh, in general, you know, our, we, have, uh, we have enzymes, we have proteins, and all these uh, structures in our body, they're designed to function within specific temperature ranges. And so if you, if you change the temperature of the tissues and you move the, the, the tissues out of that, com that comfort range for the enzymes, they may not function properly. Right, the proteins may denature, so it's uh, it can the the consequences of that are are probably uh, I, I I can't define them, but I would imagine that they exist. Uh, for sperm production in men, we do know that putting a cell phone in a man's front pocket can cause DNA fragmentation, and it can also cause a significant reduction in the quality and motility of the sperm. And so this is probably from a localized heating effect, but I, I don't know for sure. Dr. Brown, you've shared a lot of great information for our listeners today. Uh, in the last couple of minutes that we have, is there anything else that we've not been able to touch on, or do you have any take-home 
tips uh, for our listeners? The, uh, the final chapter in the book is on the power of the mind and meditation. And I, I do want the listeners to know that ultimately it all comes down to your, your perception, your awareness, and your knowledge and making conscious choices. And so the book is not designed to scare you and it's not designed to make you feel powerless. It's really to empower and, so to, and to give you knowledge so that you can make healthier decisions. So I would like the, the listeners to know that. Dr. Brown, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they pick up a copy of your book? The book is called Toxic Home Conscious Home and it's available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Uh, I have a website which is www.robbrownmd.com and I do post on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all those links can be uh, gotten through my website. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure that all of those resources and links are posted in our podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. Brown's um, resources and a copy of his book. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much. It was was a lot of fun. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Rob Brown. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.